0: Straight Talk Faithful, your host, your boy George Bukai, back in studio, pre-recorded, and man, oh man, this one is absolutely special. Please let me welcome to the show the reigning, defending ROH champion PCO. How are you, sir? What
1: about you, George? I'm fantastic. I'm really, really, uh, awesome
0: shape right now. Well, amazing, and I am. I'm so honored that you took the time out for me today. Uh, on my podcast, this is absolutely huge. It is a complete honor to speak to you. I have been a fan of yours for a very, very long time.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. A lot
0: of fun, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, PCO, one of the first questions I always ask, it's uh, kind of my standard go-to question, is uh, I like to call it the defining moment. It's that moment where you remember when you fell in love with wrestling for the first
1: time. Uh, it's uh, the first time I went on closed circuit. Uh, I mean, that's that's the, the time that I really fell in love with you know something that was larger than life. Uh, it's when I went on closed circuit at the Verdun Auditorium uh, in the Montreal area in Canada. And it was for WrestleMania 1. uh and I was there, and it was about 5,000 people. It was probably sold out at that arena there. Uh, they weren't on pay-per-view yet, and uh, it was like uh, like everyone else back in the days, you know, the yeah, uh, you know, that uh, really uh, stroked me really hard, you know, uh, understand how people would go so crazy about Hawks. like I couldn't understand because it was so uh, crazy and so ecstatic that uh, yeah that that got me really hooked, you know. Like I had been watching wrestling before that, you know, like sometimes I was going to play hockey practicing early in the morning. I've seen a few documentary on Edward Pentier. I've seen like uh, some local wrestling, but that that time that I really got hooked and I I really made my, my mind there that uh, I wanted to become a uh, like the next Hulk Hogan. Like you know, I had been watching wrestling for a little while, and then when I watched Hogan at WrestleMania one, and I really got hooked, and I really that became uh, a dream that that kept. Uh, growing on me, my heart, and became a burning, burning desire. Something that, uh, to me, was like a destiny, you know. It was like, uh, you know, I never, every time that everybody was asking me what I wanted to do when I grow up, it was always, you know, I want to be the next all So So that, that's the day, you yeah. know
0: oh that's that's a great moment that's a great memory in time and and like I said myself i've been a personal fan of yours uh since back in the day when you were one half of the Quebecers and that's not that's not lying that's being honestly and truthful because being from Canada myself, it was very rare I mean you saw wrestlers from Canada that they did rep it, but you never really saw wrestlers that kind of held that persona to the truth and the Quebecers was You know, a fantastic tag team for me. As a kid, I connected with them. One, because I kind of love the heels. I've always been a heel kind of uh, uh, fan guy. And uh, the Quebecers was just right from the get-go. I was hooked from them. And then, um, you know, I have kind of followed you on and off throughout your whole career. I mean, started off with WWE in the early 90s. Then you were with World Championship Wrestling for a little bit. Then back to WWE. Then ECW you've kind of been all over. So in terms of working with all those promotions and now being with ROH now for just over a year, I mean, every promotion kind of has their bumps and, and their their learning curves and stuff like that. But for the most part, the fact that you've been with so many major promotions, is it all kind of meshed together? Like when you look back at your whole career on a grand scale and you think about all the the accolades and stuff you've done personally, do you ever sit back and go, Holy shit, man! I've been I've been through a lot. I've done a whole lot in my career, and still going strong today.
1: Yeah, I kind of, but you know, there's uh, there's always that that uh, that sense of me that uh, was not totally uh, happy with everything that I've I have uh, accomplished or that I've done, or uh, you know, I'm, I, I can't look at the positive side of it, you know, like you know working for all Japan Pro Wrestling, ECW, PNA back in the day, uh, ECW, uh, WWE, uh, WCW, uh, even NWA, I uh, did the 50th anniversary. Uh, I, I did a bunch of things, uh, but, you know, uh, it was always about, you know, that, that moment that I really wanted to, to live. And so it was, it was like, you know, I remember also like when Rick Martel, uh, from a guy that came from, from uh, Canada as well, uh, when he was the AWA uh, world champion. That, that's something that I thought that was really, really special. And uh, I really wanted to have, like, you know, uh, a run as a uh, major promotion world award champion. And that that, uh, that had always been the goal. So the fact that, you know, just to me, it's like uh, all those experiences just just made me better. You know, just just uh, uh, having like success, being there, and and sometimes uh, you know, company was slowing down or didn't have enough sounds for whatever reason, and uh, ended up being with no jobs and things like that, and having like to go through some rough times. And, and and through all this too, I've been to like to a lot of promotions like uh vans and, and Germany see way, you know, like uh, we we worked in front of fifteen, fifteen thousand people at the Bre- Bremen uh Strat-Halle, uh, for the for the final night or uh working in front of four or five thousand people like every Almost three, four days a week, and when you wrestle seven days a week in Germany, in the same, the same building, so that was a great experience. in England for, for, you know, uh, uh, all star, all star promotion with Brian Dixon Where I was there for a while. Been to France. Been to you know, and plus all the other like foreign countries like Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and. So all those experiences, you know, it's uh, experiences of life, experiences about the wrestling business, and, and uh, it all like adds up, and it gives you that experience that I thought like that I needed that you know for what I'm going through right now. So I think it made me a better. Uh, a better wrestler and made me understand the business way much better than I did when I was 25 to 26 or 27.
0: Yeah, they, they there's always that old adage, that old saying that um, uh, as you get older, you get wiser and you learn from your past mistakes and your past experiences and whatever doesn't kill you will obviously make you stronger. So my next question being when you signed with ROH and you were kind of put, in, uh, put together with Marty Scroll for Villain Enterprises... Was that something that kind of intrigued you, going that path route? Because at the time, Marty, and still is, very, very hot, very, very popular, one of the staples like yourself in ROH. So being put together with Marty Scroll, how did that suit your introduction into ROH? Because when that happened, I was so excited and so happy for you that to see you back on kind of a main stage platform after I hadn't seen you for a bit of time. So it was very cool for me, from the fan perspective, to see you come back. What was that experience like for you?
1: Well, the fact is that I was really, really hot on the indie scenes, you know. I was like, yeah, uh, I became literally the, bo- the poster boy for, for all the indie promotions, you know. I've done the, uh, the Bola with PWG, uh, the tournament, Battle of Los Angeles. I've done the SCI tournament. I've done, like, so many things, so many promotions
0: uh, that I main
1: evented, you know, in 2018, and... and uh, so uh, by the end of 2019, I was red hot, and a lot of promotion wanted to, to sign me up. And uh, the fact that I, I signed a ring of honor uh, that really weighed on the scale, the fact that uh, I proposed to be, to be part of the faction with Marcus Kirill and Brody King, which, you know, uh, I met Marty... Prior, you know in 2007, 2008, we were in England, and uh, along with uh, Nick Aldis. And uh, in 2018, I've worked on so many different shows. We're maybe sometimes we were working against Bobby King or in a match, or three way, or things like that. But it was part of so many shows that I was part of. So we became really good friends. So when they said we got that idea, you know, to perform Villain Enterprises with BCO, Rudy King, and Marcus Carroll, uh, I was sold right away. You know, uh, I knew that it was going to be very successful, and uh, that's, that's why I uh, decided to go along and sign with Ring of Honor. Uh, instead of signing with any other companies, you know, uh, I, I just thought that was going to be a good fit for PCO.
0: I, I think it's an excellent fit, and I think you made the right call. Um, I guess the, the burning question that I have on my mind anyways, and uh, I definitely know some of my listeners would be intrigued, is uh, becoming the champion of ROH, the age you are, and the fantastic shape you're in, and how amazing you're carrying the company. And, you know, every champion, when they have their reign, they always elevate that company to another level. I really think uh, in your reign thus far, you have really elevated roh to a whole nother level but yet the whole time as i'm talking to you now i can see you're still very humble and and so respectful of the business and that's the key factor for me because i'm very respectful of the business as well in terms of you know carrying the torch as long as the rain will be and i'm hoping it's going to be a very lengthy one because i think you damn well deserve it but in terms of you know getting the title at that age like that must have been like i watched that moment and at home i teared up i'm not gonna lie i teared up When I saw that, I was like, damn, wow, so well-deserved. But how was that for you? Like, that had to have been a crazy whirlwind of emotions.
1: Yeah, it was. It was really... uh, I was very emotional as well. You know, I I went through uh, all sorts of emotions. Like, uh, my life flashes in front of my eyes. Like, uh, you know, from all from being young at 16 and all those days and all those workouts at, uh, Russian school. And I think people were saying that I could never make it in the big league. And, uh, you know, uh, all my time in the WWE or my time on the indie scenes before me, that's it doing stuff for me. It took me eight years to make it to the WWE back then. And to, some tough times, like, you know, many times I had to go, uh, on a payphone, and that's my mom who uh, wired me some money from the Western Union. Because, you know, I was not making enough money sometimes in Puerto Rico, or I was not getting paid, you know, every week, and you're getting behind with my payoffs and things like that. uh, Or I was in England, and I was not making enough money. It was a tough time, you know. It was a really tough time, and uh, I was like, I left home, I was 18 years old, and uh, I went to Calgary, and you know, I, I did so many things that that I think, you know, not too many people were willing to do when I took so many chances and I sacrificed a lot of good jobs. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd be in the maritime at 20 years old and be working on top against of Bob Brown, the, the Booker, and Massachusetts. You know? And I was not uh, speaking English, and I screwed up a few spots, screwed up a few matches, and I got fired. and Things like that, you know? And then I went back, and I finished my college. And and I quit school, because I didn't see myself there, but the burning desire was always there. And then eventually, uh, you know, after TNA, I was, like, offered a good job on commentary for three years, I did commentary, but... Then again, you know, I was making great money. I was like working not that many hours per week. It was, it was a super great job. But that's not what I wanted to be. So I quit that again. And I had nothing to fall back on if my plan was not going to work. And I went to England. I wanted to get booked a major company and be in the prime time. And uh, that didn't work out. So a lot of times I had to pick up myself. So all those moments, it went through my mind like a like a lightning. It was quick, fast, but I kinda lived every single part of my career. Uh you know, so uh it was really, really rewarding uh for all the efforts and for me it took me so long to understand, you know, what it takes to be a world champion, what it takes to be a world champion. You know, I always ask my question, like I was asking that question to myself throughout my career. What is it going to take? You know, what is what is about? You know, telling the stories, about the moves, about you know uh, what it takes. You know, it's about uh, how do you get the people to like you, and how do you get over? All those questions. You know, it's a uh, it's really. Something else, you know, like, uh, and when I became a world champion, Ring of Honor, I had a thought for every single champion, wherever there is, Stanley Cup champions, Super Bowl champions, uh, Olympians, uh, anybody who won a championship or a medal. Uh, I got so much respect for, for all of them because it's such a a tough road but the thing the element that made me go to that tough road and kept on rolling my sleeve and kept on grinding uh, I was so passionate for this business it's a passion right, that I got for the business it keeps me being creative keeps me being like uh, you know being really really up to date with everything and uh, so but it was, uh, it was a hell of a school, man. It was a hell of a school, to just to learn how to do that and now be able to do that. It's been a lot of uh, personal development, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can always you can always touch on those moments where you can feel yourself elevating to that next level. And um, that, like I said, that night for me, it was a special night. It was a humbling night as a fan to to see you get that because, like I said, it was a long time coming. And I believe it was well-deserved and, and good on Ring of Honor for putting that title on you because that's where it needs to be. And that's where I hope and honestly, hope and truly that it stays. In terms of your indie run and how incredible it was for those years, um, they always say <clears throat> every character that anyone ever plays in the wrestling business is almost an amped up version of themselves. It's them, but it's them kicked up to a couple of different notches, you've had so many characters and so many developments to kind of get to PCO. Would you say PCO was the ultimate character that you always wanted to portray? Or was there another persona in your past, you know, promotions, past uh, early stages of your career that you really kind of enjoyed playing while you could?
1: No, that's really the one. That's really the one. And, uh, you know, it feels like throughout your whole career, you're, you're trying to find that right character, you're trying to find that right angle or you know it, it, this is going to be you, but um like you said, you know a couple nuts shop or a couple like uh, uh, a larger scale of your life, you know like on the larger scale of your regular life and everyday life. but this is really this is really PCO this is really I couldn't find anything that would suit me better than that and actually, the coolest thing about it, it's almost like you, you hear, like, the say, uh, when the student is ready, the master appears. And to me, with that character, it felt like when I was ready, the character appeared. It's like uh, the character found me. It's not that you found that character. It was the other way around. And I think that's so cool that's so unique and that's uh, so overwhelming that uh, Destro actually trained me with a a uh, very, very great trainer, very great person, very creative guy. Uh, just so many qualities, so much uh, talent and things like that that he could really see through me, uh, Frankenstein. And by the way, he's a very big monster lover. I mean, he's, he's uh, when he was from three years old up to when so he was like seven or eight years old, he was only watching monster movies. And, and the fact that our road crossed together, that we crossed roads together, then we became friends and we started working together then, you know, both worlds, like his worlds of old man, uh, old, uh, speaks of strength, old old time strongman, speaks of strength, plus the monster world, plus my experience as a pro wrestler, but never having the chance to really got a character that really got over that much. The fact that we being able to put that together, I mean, that's uh, a hell of a blessing. You know, that's uh, that's unbelievable. You know, it's almost miraculous <laughs> in a way. You know, it happened at an age, a, a, a late age. But I think it, it just happened at a time where I was ready for it, you know. And, uh, and I'm very, very blessed to, to be able to get that, that thing going for me.
0: Absolutely, one hundred and fifty percent. I love everything you said, and I love the answer to the question because I could tell it was real, and I could tell it was heartfelt, and that and that's what I love about doing what I do. I mean, being a podcast host for two years, you're so many amazing stories, you're so many careers, the ups and downs, the peaks, the valleys, and um, just the indie scene in general, especially where I'm from. I mean, Ontario, Canada. The indie scene here is fantastic. Also, where you're from, the indie scene is is uh, you know second to none out in Montreal and yeah. Quebec, it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. So that actually leads to my next question. Uh, in terms of like your, your indie run and all the amazing matches and, and wrestlers you were able to tell stories with in the ring, because that's what a lot of people don't understand about wrestling. A lot of people just see it as two guys or you know, a guy and a girl or, or two women or what have you wrestling around in a ring, just you know, fighting, and it's not fighting, it's an art form. It really and truly is. When you're in the ring, there, it's almost like a dance, and the person across from you is your dance partner and they, and you combined together, tell a story. And some people get the story, some people don't. So in terms of your incredible indie run that you had, and all the great matches, is there a match that sticks up to you, out to you, or an opponent that sticks out to you, that was like, that was, you know, hands down, one of the, the best times I had in the ring?
1: I've had a few. i had a few great matches on the indie run. Like, if I talk about my whole career, I mean, I've had, like, matches, like, great matches with Sami Zayn. Uh, IWS IWS Montreal have had like great matches with Kevin Owens also IWS and other promotions in uh in Canada. I've had great matches with uh Ricky Banderas, Mill Marcus in Puerto Rico. Uh we feuded for almost a whole year in Puerto Rico and uh we we I, I remember a specific cage that we had uh we totally blew the crowd away and uh we had a few, like, great matches together. Um, and uh, and lately I've had a match with WrestleMania 34 that turned my career around with Walter. And uh, that was, like, just it's uh, one of those nights when everything clicks and everything goes right and everything uh, kind of a... Uh, it's like it's life and set up something for both guys to to look amazingly good and put on a show uh, it's so graceful it's so fantastic that that naturally like turned my career away but like I had a plan you know and I just didn't go there just to wrestle Walter I really wanted to impact the wrestling world that night and I really wanted to get all eyes on PCO and uh uh, who were really prove my value at that time, which I was like, uh, 60 years old. So that match is really the one who really stands out of all the other matches for those reasons. Uh, and I've also, i have also, had like a great match, uh, two other great matches that year. I had one against a guy from Quebec here, Max here, he's one of the, the strongest men, and uh, he left the strongest on competition to come into the wrestling world and uh, he had a match in Ontario for Weed Wrestling and that match got scattered out uh, from Black Label Pro Michael Brenton and then again in and, and, uh, January 13 2018 I uh, wrestled uh, Holly Ego Ethan Page and we tore the house down and Joey General was there and Joey he's uh, sorry, after my match, asked me if I wanted to be part of WrestleMania 34 weekend at the Georgia Spring Break, too, and I said, yes, <coughs> and when he said you would be wrestling Walter, I didn't know at the time who Walter was, but I always worked against Walter uh, prior when he was like 18 years old, and uh back in Germany for a WXW and sixteen karat tournament. So the fact that I've worked in once and that I spent maybe four or five days around the, the group of guys that were there back then, uh, kind of created the atmosphere and the chemistry that we needed for that special match mine. And uh I mean his career has been logical so like he was already on the on the upper swing uh but after that match that we had together and then he was in demand all over there, even more and then he got signed up and I got signed up. So just to tell you how much that match meant to to me and probably to him, I mean uh, we're I, you know, today we we'll still trade some text here and there sometimes. So uh he's uh, he's a great dude and uh or we're exchanging once in a while you know a few times like during the year like in the last two years and uh, so yeah that's those matches that really send out recent
0: year yeah those are those are those are great answers I mean I was hoping you were going to mention the match with Walter I was actually able to see a few clips of it online here or there and yeah, hands down, you guys both you guys both told one hell of a story that night, and it was just something special to watch for sure. I mean, my all-time favorite match of yours for sure is definitely seeing you raise that ROH title 150%. Um, in terms of all the matches that you've had, and people always say, depending on the gravity of the situation or the risks that are taken, I mean, there's always risks when you step in that ring. There's risk when you're because you're putting your life in, you know, your opponent's hands and, and vice versa, he's putting his in yours. In terms of all the matches that you've had, is there a match that, um, you know, you might never want to do again? Like some of those stipulation matches that you've done. I mean, I could list them on and on and on. But just to hear from your, your mouth only, is there, is there matches that sometimes you look back at and you're like, man, I'm surprised I walked out of that one. Or I'm surprised I, I, I got away with as minimal, you know, damage as possible. Because at the end of the day, everything's a risk. But to do it for the fans and, and how you guys do it 350 days a year is just something absolutely incredible to me. The amount of the time and effort that goes into it is is just insane. I mean, this business is a business that never stops. It keeps evolving. It, it keeps evolving, man. It really does. So in terms of like those stipulation matches and going 350 days a year, the grind, is there a match that you look back on and think, I'm so glad that I did it, but I'm also glad that I walked away from it. You know what I mean? Well, there's
1: two, there's two matches that really uh, stand out. Uh, the match of the Madison Square Garden WrestleMania uh, last year, uh, did the the uh, G One Supercard of the Madison Square Garden, where I took the uh, power bomb from inside the ring to the cement floor on the outside. Uh, this is something that I I really like. You know, the fact that I didn't get injured at all. You know that I I did that. Against everybody's advice, like nobody wanted me to do it, and and the only guy that was that that was backing me up on this one was Brody King because he knows how I am. He'd seen me he, he done a lot of things, he done a, a lot of crazy things for MLW as well, and uh, and then he was telling everybody that that were, you know, connected like agents, and, you know. I, the New Japan officials and um, all kinds of people that were no, 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 don't do that. We'll catch you. I said, no. This is MSG. This is uh, this is a very special night for me. I haven't been here in a while. and I really want to leave my mark here in a positive way. And uh, I really want to have, like, something special, you know, and that uh, that, that, that entrance to the electric chair was probably one of the most awesome entrances uh, in the history of pro wrestling. And especially that it was a non-WWE production, you know, it was produced by Ring of Honor and they put a lot more money into it, a lot of time and a lot of efforts. And the crowd reaction was absolutely insane. And I really liked the match as well with a fast pace and, you know, it's like a three-way uh, team and all the belts on the line. And uh, being able to get, like, power bombs from inside the ring and being able to sit up on it and then crash back down and having the people crying in the sand and holding their heads. And that's that's what the business is all about. It's drama. Telling stories, uh, having people run to all kinds of emotions, being happy, being uh, worried, being uh, frustrated, and and being, uh, you know, having the chance to uh, be exuberant and to let go all their feelings, their hatred or the heat, you know, whatever bad feelings that they they can live through their life and being able to let it go. And uh, to me, it's like, Uh, that was something very special but you know to say i would do that move every night that that would be a lie but i know that i got a few more bumps i did that i can take like if i want to because this one didn't get it didn't injure me at all i was just a little stiff the next day or the same night while i was you know going back to montreal but uh it was nothing special, you know. I didn't have to take any pain pills or I didn't have to go to the hospital or I couldn't walk on my both legs. And that was like in great shape. So this this really stands out. And uh, the match against Bruce when I won the, the title, uh, I don't know if you remember at one point where he put all the railings on the floor and he threw me off the stage. And grabbed those legs from those railings, they were like, 12 inches, like, high up, and they were, like, nice. And uh, I remember that I really had to take my bump right in the middle of all those nights, you know? And uh, and then they were still around the earth when we fought on the earth, and they gave me a suplex. I was running on the top of the earth, and then he was there at the edge, and then he gave me a suplex, and I slid on the hood of the car, and I ended up in the railings that they were lying on the ground. <coughs> and, uh, that, that nail, that, that, that spike, uh, which was like so huge and big and, uh, was like a knife almost went through my, uh, my heart or my lungs or whatever it could be. So that was pretty, uh, that was a short call.
0: Like that was like maybe a few inches away from my body. So that I would have to be more careful with something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm reliving that, I'm reliving that moment in my head right now. And yeah, I mean, that definitely took my breath away. And uh, my uh, my final question, because this is a question I think you could definitely give some give a fantastic answer to. A lot of people in this business don't understand the grind, like I mentioned earlier, 350 plus days a year, grinding, show to show, little sleep, and especially when you're a champion like yourself, you're talking promo, you're talking interviews, you're talking all the kind of stuff, especially what you're doing for me. And before I ask the last question, though, I do want to say thank you for the time. It's been an absolute honor and privilege to speak with you today. And I want to officially let you know, PCO, that you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my number, I have yours. Anytime you want to come back on the show, I would absolutely love to have you. It's been an honor and a privilege Uh, to speak with you today.
1: Thank you very much. I'm very honored. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we will talk a few more times over the course of the year. You know, uh, I'm having it. You know, like, uh, I got great projects. You know, I got great plans uh, for the future. Uh, I really want to upgrade uh, the PCO image, PCO character, the PCO uh, monster mania. And, um, and hopefully, you know, sometimes down the road, you know, six months from now or a year from now, we'll be able to, uh, you know, look at what has been accomplished, you know, over the last, you know, let's say we're talking about six to eight months or a year from now, Absolutely. be able to make a, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, talk about what, what new, what what was new and what happened and you know uh, I'm full of uh, big big uh, big feelings about uh, big accomplishments that I I really want to uh, to achieve so uh, it's going to be very interesting to talk in the future
0: absolutely I, I cannot wait for conversation number two absolutely number two number three number five six whatever happens Uh, So my last question, the grind, the struggle, the ups and downs, the peaks, the valleys. If there's a young fan listening to this interview and you could pass on any wisdom to them about this business, what would you tell them?
1: Well, uh, you have to really, no matter what, you have to make sure that uh, the goal that you want to achieve, uh, it's something that's going to make you a better person. It's something that's going to make you grow. Uh, it can be about your ego because uh, if you do it for your ego, if you do it for the woman, if you do it for the prestige, if you do it because you want to be a star, if you do it because you want to be on TV, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So you have to find a way to do it for the right reasons. And if you do it for the right reasons, and you, you still have that motivation and you still have that passion for it uh it shouldn't be anything in your way that can stop you from achieving your goal especially if if, because if it's just something that you really want it's because it's part of your you know dna and if it's part of your dna uh at first it looks like everything's going against you and uh, there's no way that you're gonna make this happen but if you keep on grinding keep on fighting keep on believing yourself. And keep on being open-minded about maybe sometimes you do things you think you're doing the right way, but maybe you're doing the wrong way. You have to have like a very open mind, and and you have to read a lot, and you have to research a lot, and you try, you have to try to be the the best person that you can be, because you don't want to have a run like I did in '92, like '93, '94, '95, where it's all about your ego and then. You end up being very disappointed because uh, you realize that you've done it for the wrong things and it had given you no reward whatsoever because you feel like, you know, pretty empty every time that you realize something. You feel empty. You're still looking for something else uh, to reward that ego. But once you want to accomplish another goal because you want to grow as a person and you want to serve people and you want to give back and you're doing it for the right reason and you really want to give a great show to all the fans and you really want them to enjoy their show and then and like given my time like this it's something that really uh you know when you become a champion you have like maybe two, three a day sometimes, too. You have you invite on TV shows and all over the place, and you become overwhelmed. But you still want to do it, and you still love doing it because, you know, it's it's more than just about yourself. So uh, you have to find that that reason why you want to do it. And once you do it for the right reason, uh, things start starts to click, and... And start
0: to get put together for yourself. Absolutely fantastic answer to end off an absolutely incredible interview. PCO, thank you again for the time. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege. And uh, again, congratulations on capturing that championship. And I know you're going to defend it till the absolute end of time. And I cannot wait to see the rest of this run. And I'm going to hold you to it. Six to eight months down the road, I'm going to call you and we're going to do this all over again. Yeah, for
1: sure. We need to do that. It's
0: going to be fun. Absolutely. You go ahead and enjoy the rest of your night, sir, and I will talk to you very soon.
1: All right, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. Again, it was an absolute honor.
1: All right. Thanks
0: a lot. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, guys, what can I say? <laughs> My mind is blown. That was PCO, the current reigning defending ROH champion. An absolute humble gentleman to speak to. An absolute legend in this business. And what can I say? Hashtag blessed. Your host, your boy, always bringing you the most candid and real interviews that I possibly can. And that's what Straight Talk Wrestling is all about. Straight up, honest, real, and fantastic conversations. As always, I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. Don't forget to follow, follow the socials for next week's episode. And that's it for me, man. So, as always, guys, peace, love, and wrestling, and I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh!